Hello and welcome to Kate's First History Podcast. Um, I'm going to be concentrating on A-level history following the Edexcel syllabus. Um, I'm borrowing Andrew Taylor's Philosocast account for the moment. Um, today I want to concentrate on the causes of the abolition of slavery, which if you follow the syllabus was known as Theme 5. I'm going to follow an essay-style formula with an introduction, um, a debate over the issue, and then finishing with a conclusion today. So I'm concentrating on help with the A-level today, um, and also a bit of a flavour for the history behind abolition. Um, so today I want to concentrate on the humanitarian debate. Um, it's dominated traditional thought of historians um, who believe there must have been a catalyst for such a drastic rethinking of the role of the slave trade in British society. And generally, there's the belief that the growth in humanitarianism was furthered by the growth in a concern for people's welfare during this Enlightenment period. Now, if there is anything that you need to pick up on today, please feel free to email me further. The Enlightenment period was characterised by a philosophical and cultural shifts in attitudes and a move toward a more, towards a more rational mindset and a questioning of existing beliefs. So, for example, if you compare this belief with the abolition of slavery to what we've already studied in other themes, you might find evidence of the Enlightenment in questions raised in this time period about the democratic process, for instance with theme one. It's also been seen in themes two and four mainly with questions raised about the government's laissez-faire free trade mentality which led to widening gaps between rich and poor and the exploitation of the most vulnerable in society. So to give a more specific evidence of the growth in humanitarianism, historians would particularly focus on the social reforms that were being established in this period. So, for example, the first foundling hospital in 1739, moving on to the importance of the work of the Quakers, who are otherwise known as the Religious Society of Friends in 1783, and the fact that they went on to set up the Society for Effecting the Abolition of the Slave Trade in 1787. Herein lies the beginning of the humanitarian debate. Now, the role of Quakerism cannot be underestimated. Um, the long-opposed issue of slavery since 1657 had been championed by the Quakers, arguing that everybody was equal before God. And in 1783, they presented a petition against the slave trade signed by 273 people, which was presented to the government and afterwards formed a committee to actively campaign against abolition. Now, the Quakers were also significant as they were effective and well-seasoned campaigners who raised awareness of abolition through their petitions to MP but also through publishing popular articles and pamphlets. And just to give you an example, you could use the, care, the case of our fellow creatures, the oppressed Africans, respectfully recommended to the serious consideration of this legislature of Great Britain by the people called the Quakers in 1784, which had a readership of 10,000 copies. 
the Quakers really spearheaded the moral crusade behind the abolition movement. Now, they were also influenced by American Quakers who had seen the impact of slavery firsthand. So if you use the example of Anthony Benezet, who influenced John Wesley, who in turn swung the support of the Methodists, another nonconformist group behind abolition. The involvement of non-conformist groups such as the Methodists and Baptists really did support the growth of abolition movement in Britain because it reached people who would usually be excluded from politics. These groups spread through new urban industrial communities and had large swathes of working people joining the abolition movement. America also played a role in spreading the urgency of abolition as the wars of independence with Britain raised questions about political and social rights. Now, the link between religion and abolition of slavery is a complicated one because despite the argument of Quakers that all men are equal and evangelical Christians who preached about turning away from sin and the strength of repentance, and in particular, you should look at the work of key individuals such as Granville Sharp and Thomas Clarkson, we will cover this later, there are also arguments in the Bible which can be and were used to support early slavery. So early evangelicalism was often used as a method of enslaving Africans with the argument that you could be a good slave and a good Christian. And St. Paul's letter to the apostles, which called for slaves to obey their masters. However, nonconformists and dissenters often already questioned the beliefs and practices of the established Church of England in Britain and they were already on the outskirts of religion which made it less difficult for them to move away from those original ideas. This argument was often kept in circulation because of high profile cases such as the Zong case. Now I would suggest you go away and do some reading around that as an example. Also, the role of propaganda was important through humanitarian cases. So the iconic plaque by Wedgwood stating, am I not a man and a brother? The humanitarian argument has come under more question by more recent historians who have preferred to focus on the political and economic arguments. And therefore, it is important that we cover both of those later as well. However, The interpretation does remain popular, maybe because of the idea that it depends on the the idea that people are innately good. However, in support of this, you can consider evidence such as in 1796, a petition on the broader issue of slavery was almost passed through Commons, despite being at the height of the sugar boom, which seems to question the economic debate. The Society for Effecting the Abolition of the Slave Trade enjoyed success and support at a time where 24% of the country's annual income was dependent on the trade, and their commitment even withstood the opposition of the West Indian Lobby, a group of sugar planters who had close links to Parliament, and it's estimated 50 MPs were tied to this group. 
even in light of this opposition, the support for the abolition movement in humanitarian circles remained impressive, with 519 petitions being presented in 1792 alone. And to look at further examples, those petitions in urban centres like Manchester managed to gain support of the mass populace. So Manchester had a population of 50,000, 10,700 signed that petition. The devotion and commitment of the movement ensured its success. Now, I want to really thank you for your time you've spent this morning. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, if you do have any questions, please email me about it. Um, I will be looking at further causes of the abolition movement in my next podcasts, and we'll compare these to the economic debate in the first instance. Thank you. <laughs>